double bill, double bill. Comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. Goes together like chocolate and peanut butter, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, like a hamburger and a bun, like baby ducks and staple guns. Record scratch! Double bill, double bill, comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. This is Double Bill, and I'm Joshua. Many stars on the moon, Humphrey. I'm Brian Punchy as Hell, Watson Jones. And I'm Mikey Moon Milk Postal. <laughs> we haven't had any sugar, because Brian was supposed to bring sugar, and he didn't All bring sugar. All three of us were supposed to bring sugar. We each individually failed. I want, my, I want eggs. Um, so, our Double Bill was uh, Josh's baby. What? My baby. Your baby. It was, was my yours. baby this time. Josh's baby and a box of donuts. We did they were the Pixar, all out of donuts. We did the Pixar short film La Luna, which was in front of, I think, Brave in 2012? 11. 11. Mm-hmm. And then we did also uh, a reading by Liv Schreiber, uh, which he did for the Radio Lab podcast, which was called The Distance of the Moon. And we're going to talk about both of those today and see how they taste together. And I think they tasted actually pretty well. But we'll start with La Luna, and we'll get into that. And La Luna is short. It's probably about 10 minutes, yep. if that. Yeah, yeah nice. Pixar. And what, and what happens in La Luna is uh, there's three men. Uh, one's a grandfather, one's the father, and one's a young boy. And it seems like they're taking their the young boy out on the first time on the ocean and to go to the moon. And they row out onto the ocean. There's some bits of business where they like they give the boy like a new hat. Like he's there's he's sort of being ushered into like this new job, I guess you could say, or like mm-hmm. what is traditional of the family. The, the family career. It's the family business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the family business is, of course, is like pulling out a ladder from the back of the rowboat, going up to the moon, and then sweeping the stars off the moon and just uh, tidying it up up there. Moon custodians. It, they are moon custodians. They're kind of like moon janitors. Mm-hmm. Moonitors. 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 Oh, that Moonitors. sounds like something else. <laughs> it does sound like something else. It's just a moon with some huge horns on it, trapped in a labyrinth of the sky. Don't forget your ball Snort. of twine. Don't forget your ball of twine? No. So, like, uh, what else happens in that? He goes up to the moon, they sweep, a huge, like, star, like comes onto the moon. It's yeah, just the stars like, are shooting stars. Then ended stars up the are like, sort of like, uh, if you've ever played Super Mario Galaxy, they're about that size in terms of like the stars and like, in terms of like Mario to star ratio, that's how big they are. The yeah, star- they're about the size of a Jack Russell Terrier. Yeah. That helps. They actually look quite scrumptious. I think they look like cookies that you could eat. That shows you where our mindset is right now. Food. I'm very hungry. I'm thinking about dogs, apparently. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the shooting stars are, are portrayed as the, uh, I guess, the detritus on the moon's surface, and so they they're very pretty. They're very mm-hmm. pretty, and they're they. It's it's very very comical, you know, with with the the grandfather. No, no, I found out he has a name. Argue with Papa about the best way to sweep. Do you use a regular broom that looks like a Nimbus two thousand and one, or do you use like the push broom? So Papa and Nono fight while Bambino watches in admiration and does his own little chore, and then the big ass star falls down, and they break all their brooms trying to figure out how to knock it over, get it down to a manageable mm-hmm. level, and leave it to the whimsical boy to uh, come of age by mounting the large star, and using a ball peen hammer, <laughs> he uh, taps the top and it it, it, it shaking my head in non amusement. It explodes well, at least he didn't into say ta- taps the tip. He taps. He t- he gently touches the tip, and uh, it breaks into a thousand miniature stars, which they clean up. Um, and then they uh, go back on the boat, admire their handiwork. They both admire the fact that the sun is really now 
you know, taking the mantle. And uh, clearly he's competent. So he, he had a very good quarterly review from both of his family. There's, a, there's. A, I'm glad you said coming of age story because there's some very concentrated bits with like the hat and yeah. like giving them and them sitting in the boat and waiting for the moon. Like the little boy, the bambino, is imitating the father, imitating the grandfather, sort mm-hmm. of trying to find his place. Mm-hmm. And then when they're up on the moon and they're going back and forth between what was it, the broom and the rake? Yes, uh, push broom, push, push broom, push broom. Uh, and it's just like, oh, what's he going to choose? Is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? And then he sort of finds his own thing yeah. by. Yeah, he finds Tapping his own path in yeah. the, the process of becoming a, a moon man. And it's all very, you know, condensed in like 10 minutes. Honestly, yeah. I think this is uh, this is probably one of my... I'm one of the few people in the world that actually likes Pixar shorts. Kidding. Um, wow. <laughs> but, I don't think anybody's ever said that. <laughs> hold on. We'll go out in the street. We'll find somebody who yeah. doesn't like Pixar shorts. Um, but I think this one, like you were saying, it's it's whimsical. It's it's almost, I say, it's one of the best shorts out there because, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's got a great arc and it's got those really... Really fun. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's my favorite of like the Pixar shorts. I really like the Night and Day one. Uh, sure, I've seen that. I love Jerry's Game when that was uh, when I was a kid. I think that was in front of Toy Story Two, mm-hmm. where it's the old man playing chess with himself, but he has like a doppelganger, or like I mean, he is his doppelganger. Uh, That's one of my favorites. Uh, uh, my favorite short is still the first ten minutes of Up, <laughs> because that is an entire movie. It is right? an entire it's movie. It's got a sad ending. They just slap on an epilogue that made it a happy it's ending. Just, but it's a great visual storytelling. Yeah, right. Pixar is very good at that. They're very good at um, using the, the cultural shortcuts in order to get, this is what the story's about. Oh, great. Now we can just start it instead of having a long introduction to, you know, the, the father and the grandfather arguing about the best methods and the kid doesn't know what to choose. No, we get that in five seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I had, uh, can we talk about distance from the moon? Do you want to take... Well, how long have we been going here? We haven't been going very long. No, no. I mean, we could... Yeah, we've only a, been going like eight minutes here. It's a Disney short, you know, so it's not like we... we I mean, we could... What have, else did I like? Well, let's talk about what else you liked about it. Anything? Like, the animation style is really cool. I like the animation mm-hmm. style. And oh, I good. loved the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It's uh, very, Michael, it's very Michael understated. Uh, Giacchino. Yeah, he did the, the soundtrack for uh, The Incredibles. Yes. And he, oh, yeah. he... Everything was just... It was paired together very well. Uh, when, when they're in the boat, the, if you have no idea what this short is about... You know, it could just be a family, like, muddling and arguing between themselves. And you're like, oh, I see what the relationship is. But then they, you're like, then he gives them the anchor. And you're like, okay, anchor overboard. Now this is where they fish. Except they've already except dropped they're like, anchor. Except when he's going over the boat, they're like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. And then they, they have the magic Vaguely Italian. I love how he straps it to himself. Yeah. Actually, the anchor, but, and then and he, he doesn't, the he doesn't get fixed up for it. He, he knows intuitively I'm going to wrap this around my body and climb up. And he goes past the rung, which you're not supposed to climb past. And you know, slowly, slowly floats, right? Yep. Yeah. And then Does the thing somersault. that makes him let go is his hat comes off, the hat that his his grandfather gave him. And so he like goes and let go, and then he's like, oh, fuck the ring. You know, I, get, I miss a rung. And then next thing you know, he's on the surface of the moon. Mm-hmm. And everything shifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And it's a twist. Well, that's the great thing about animation is you can... The fantastical elements can just be in there, and they're as natural as anything else. Like oh, yes. the ladder you mentioned. You know, you open a tiny box in the back of the boat and pull out a 40-foot straight ladder. Just, that works. I like, imagine it doubles as a keel, is what I'm thinking it does. Probably. It it, yeah, that, that, and we don't well, that see box the has the ladder the and also their lunches in it. But. We don't see the bottom of the boat. That could be a deep-ass boat, for all we know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could go, you know, what's below They just live down there, it's a big house. You know, it's like a glacier. It's like an ass, it's like an No, iceberg. there's just an, a ladder-shaped chamber that goes all the way to the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. It's, it's I can't great. imagine that's good, like, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, keelage? Keelage. I don't know the word. It breaks the, it doesn't break the surface, it doesn't, there's no good aerodynamics, I don't know, what's the word for aerodynamics, but with water? Hydrodynamics. <laughs> 
Well, it 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 go deep. Probably. That's where that's where their decompression chamber is in case they go and so they don't get the bends. Well, yeah, coming back from the moon too fast and nitrogen bubbles in your blood can right? shrink. Possibly. Yeah, I and then you know it's just I think the fantastical elements are how you are if you have no again if you have no experience with this short mm-hmm. yeah how it basically like okay now they're on the moon now what and he goes to this like kind of shack that I thought was an outhouse and I'm thinking I'm like oh here goes Papa to go number two kids and no he takes out all the tools and you're like well what are you gonna do hands him a broom and they're like oh so mm-hmm. now they're sweeping yeah. and moreover you're like okay so are they gonna clean it up or are they gonna throw them away. And you get a really great reveal at the end, which, again, my favorite part is like, well, now we know that's how the moon's... They're swept to the side. And I guess they must kind of, like, deteriorate or something. I don't want to put too much, like, thought into, like, what happens to those stars. Right. Well, the physics are... Let's not get into the (laughs) physics of this thing. Um, I I really enjoyed the way that the... It it was partly the way the fantastical elements were mixed with the practical elements, but also the way the childlike wonder was mixed with the adult practicality, Mm -hmm. which is another thing Pixar does really well. The Bambino ends up on the moon and he's looking at these stars and this field of stars and pushing them over and they're making this beautiful clinking noise and just this whole moon full of glowing star-shaped rocks. And then Papa gets up there and just walks to the, the shed and opens it up and he pulls out a bunch of tools. We're not going to need all of them. We've seen all this before. Everything's always in the wrong order in a shed. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, even the dumb the dumb bits about the, you know, grandpa and dad yelling at each other about which is the best kind of yeah. room. and the Yelling at each it. other in vague Italian. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. It's not even words, really. Papa John's. Anyway, so he goes up to the holding up of the brooms to the faces, you know. Yeah. How you never really see their eyes until... They, until he becomes a man. Until he becomes a man, and yeah. then the wonder happens. and Yeah, they get it back. Yeah, un- unbelievable facial hair is a mark of manhood. Well, people become their jobs. That's true. Push broom. He should have like sprouted some right. facial hair at that All moment. of a sudden, magically, his eyes like just a, got like a goatee. He gets well, like... It'd be a rake. Oh, so yeah, just a like little, little parse. Right. Little very parse. Which he I guess is the way most people's facial hair grows at first. Lycanthropic eyebrows. <laughs> well, they are on the moon. Yeah. That was yeah, the they're, they're the wolf, werewolves that Janet Terry. La Luna werewolves. We can talk about the other one now. Okay. The distance of the moon, if you want to. <laughs> the distance. Because we spent more time talking about that short than I think they're that the length. of Oh, the that was what you were holding out for. Yeah, yeah, I was, I I was trying to do it. I we could have done. We could have done the commentary on the short. <laughs> and at this point, they're stars. Uh, okay, so what I liked about it is that I had no idea. You sent out the link to the podcast, and mm-hmm. I was going to give a listen, but I really wanted to have the fresh take when we got here. It's it's great. Uh, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, Liv Schreiber is really good. Liv I mean, Schreiber is a great he always He has a great, yeah. great voice, and I liked listening to him a lot. Supremely mm-hmm. engaging. Uh, so so what, what the short is about is about, I guess, a society of people who go out in rowboats and use ladders to get up to the moon. Right. And they Billions collect, of years ago when the moon mm-hmm. was still pretty close to the Earth. Uh, with uh, the main characters, Quiffwick, 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 Quiffwick. And uh, who is the wife? The Everybody's Vahid, 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 and Captain Vahid, Vahid, and Captain Vahid, Vahid. Oh, sorry. So uh, I was and Zalatl, re- the girl who was or whatever. Oh, the twelve-year-old, the twelve-year-old, and the deaf cousin. Did he ever get named? The deaf cousin? No, no. no. he was just called the deaf, the cousin. deaf the cousin. cousin. Yeah. So it's all about them going to the moon, collecting like moon milk, which is right. sort of like moon cheese. It's mm-hmm. kind of a consistency of cheese, and it's made up of all this weird stuff like, uh, like shells and and, 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 uh, and sometimes a comb pieces of like sometimes there's crap in like combs. Like I mean, because the moon is passing so close to the Earth, like sea life gets like transferred up there, or yeah. it just picks up animals, Cotton. and the animals die on the moon. No, and that's what's what the a Lagrange point? Lagrange point. 
that point where you're equally equidistant from two gravitational shorts sources and you're sort of stuck there. Yeah. Only it's filled with marine life and crawdads. Well, that, that whole with, sequence where uh, the girl is suspended between the yep. Earth and the moon and she, mm-hmm. there's, she's, there's all this sea life around her and it's because she is like one of the largest things everything is gravitating toward her and they have to like pick yeah. it off of her when she gets yeah, on the boat like her, they comb through her hair and out comes crayfish and shells and yeah, little and minnows she, or she ends up with tiny shells and octopus wrapped around her arms and even <laughs> a month later she's still like combing crap out of her hair mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I like the description how they describe the moon a very very uh Specific. The guy like writes really beautiful stuff where he's saying, you "Yeah, know, I got to track down that book. This thing's from. Yeah, I want to read them. Yeah. Cosmic Comics is what it is. Yeah. What's the name of the author? Uh, Italio Calvino. Italio oh. Calvino. And and he is cited. I own it? a book by him. I just haven't read it yet. Yeah, he is. And I have a chance. I have an excuse. I have um, he, he Baron wrote, of the Trees. He wrote so. Che Guevara. A very nice tribute to Che Guevara. A week after his death. Oh, hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's an exquisite writer. Um, anyway, he he writes about the surface of the moon. The great thing is that they they he talks about going out in rowboats. Uh, this colorful cast of characters in the boat from the type of boat, a round shape made of cork, and mm-hmm. they held a lot of people. And he describes the people immediately around him that are the characters in the story. The same idea: a ladder goes up to the surface of the moon, and it's it's amazing how the difficulty. He's like, you have to like really lean up, and the surface is like finding you know the scales of a fish, and I had to find my own special scales, and it was a sort of a backflip onto the surface of the moon. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, sort of like that. specialized technique. Special. Everybody has like a specialized technique for moon mounting. <laughs> yes, mounting the moon. Mounting the moon. And then there's a, there's this whole other sexual undercurrent to it that yes. uh, is going on toward the end of it, where the main character. Quifwick, Quifwick, Kifwick, Kifwick, Mister Mixelpitalik, Quifwick, Quifwick is in love with the captain's Bob. wife. Yep, Mrs. Vahid Vahid, Mrs. Vahid Vahid, who plays the harp, mm-hmm. and he's sort of a creeper, really. I think. I mean, you said he was he, young, but he was sort of he, just like a creeper. I think he's a creeper, but in that like fourteen-year-old way of like, sure. oh, he's, de- he's describing. He describes things like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like the and, he, and I, I'm with I'm with Brian on this one. I don't think it's a creeper. I honestly think it's like this kid's like I am now I, by helping her. I'm touching yeah. her breasts, and this is the first time I've ever touched breasts, and they're perfect. Or when I'm helping her back down, I'm touching yeah. her butt, and it's just like her curves and everything. The well, just, and when like the, he's going up to like what is it rescue her from the moon, mm-hmm. and like he's like I'm so close to you. he's like hugging her, and she's like I'm gonna be on you for yeah. a month, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think he comes across as young because that's true. The narrator telling the story about his youth mm-hmm. isn't telling it like, yeah, the guy just saying bass is pretty good. He's telling it like, yes, and I didn't understand at that point, but now I think I almost do. And right. The, the 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 melancholy undertone about that it made me think of of like I was je- he was jealous of his mm-hmm. deaf cousin, you know. And yeah, because Mrs. Vahid has a thing for the deaf cousin right. because he has yeah. such a what is it a rapport with the moon. He yeah. goes up on the moon all the time. He goes off by himself into well, little nooks and crannies. Well, it's just his precision yeah. and skill and his passion. That too, right? Very he's, com- he's, his he's very clum- comfortable there. His clumsy yeah. hands find a new found a new dexterity mm-hmm. by how he would you know get on the moon. He could make things happen like he would. They give the impression that he was like actually physically moving the moon. He knew where to find all the milk. Right. Yeah. And, and I he would, like push. Things. He was a moon milk dowser. It made me think no, about moon like milk old, uh, Buster Buster Keaton shorts, where like he would do things like he'd get on, he'd stand in front of a train, and as it was slowing into the station, he would like make himself look like he was pulling it in and then stopping it, even though it was the train's natural momentum. Mm-hmm. So it just it, the imagery in that just brought to mind thing like those things and the floating in the water and falling and the splashing and. 
Um, the curing of the mu- the moon milk. Oh, the moon milk sounds disgusting. It did sound nasty. It must have been delicious. Right. Oh, and how it's the moon has like a smell. Mayonnaise. It smells like fish. It smells like uh, salmon, right? Uh, smoked salmon. <laughs> well, that makes sense if it's covered in cream cheese. Well, and then like fishy, cream, deteriorating yeah, you know, fish stuff decaying into cream cheese. That's smoked salmon, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why don't we take a break and we'll come back and compare them. How's that sound? Fantastic. We're going to compare these these two little pieces of moon fiction. Moon fiction. Yeah, they are moon fiction. Mm-hmm. Moon fiction. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think? I was surprised. Oh, glad I held on to this. I was really surprised how, again, not knowing anything about Distance to the Moon, uh, I was like, when I, when he just started describing everything, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This La Luna, this is La Luna. And so, you know, a quick little thumb research later and... Yeah, La Luna was had used fantastical elements from that in order to like you know help create that story. So it's not coincidence; it was direct pulling. Or it, well, I mean, the, uh, clearly we didn't hear about you know brushy, brushy mustache and Bambino, well, yeah. but no. pulling, but, you know, not stealing, but, but still you know, they intentionally got some imagery. Yes, but the description of the floating bodies in between, you know, the the gravitational mm-hmm. pulls. You know, you see that when the Bambino first steps sure. off the, uh, the the rung of the ladder. Uh, yeah, a little and more controlled in La Luna, but there yeah. you go. But um, they don't I have so much time in La Luna. I felt yeah. like La Luna was was entirely whimsical, uh, and and I mentioned before that Distance to the Moon, there was very well. I mean, it was built up, but there was a definite sense of melancholy. Of mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the way the storyteller was it's very nostalgic. Yeah, the way yeah. of Quiffwick. Quiffwick. The way Quiffwick was, they don't like, you know, they don't like their uh, vowels. Um, so Quiffwick, the way he was describing it had undercurrent of, like, tinged with, like, you know, longing or thought or remembrance. And then by the time it gets to the end, it felt like melancholy was the call of the story. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and like the loss. Because at the end, uh, his, his his longing and his desire for uh, Mrs. Fidfid. Vivid, uh, vivid, Mrs. Cthulhu. Um, his desire oh, for Mrs. Uh, for Mrs. Mrs. Cthulhu is very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Cthulhu is yeah. a problem. He'll shake his fist and say, "Get off my lawn." Um, but his his longing for her get out of my sunken underwater city. Right. His longing for her was met with uh, melancholy, knowing that a his deaf cousin was was always going to be the object of affection. And there was a loss that went along with the fact that she treated the relationship with the deaf cousin as the relationship of the moon with the earth of one that would always come back but never really connect fully. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she didn't share the same affection for him mm-hmm. that he had that she had for the deaf cousin, if you guys are following this at home. So that's like a really layered thing. And I think that's where I say he's not a creeper because when you're 14 years old and you're crushing on somebody mm. and you see them holding hands with somebody else, you, you kind of like, and I, 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 I felt he was older though. I never well, got that sense. Uh, I felt like he was like, he, not like older, older, like 18. Well, 18. yeah, may, maybe physically older, but he's still got that like, the kids just a few best in feel of, yeah. like, oh, she's in love with him. I'll just dance harder. That'll yeah. work. Or how about I do a, a more impressive backflip, or I'll run around and I'll sing a song loudly. Oh, yeah. I need to go to the moon, too. 
Hold on, I want to go. Yeah. Oh, Boing. you're staying? I'll, I'll show you. He's going. He's already back in the boat. I'm going to get back on the moon with you. And now I get you all to myself, and this is going to be perfect, even though he has absolutely no idea what he's going to do. There's no mm-hmm. getting into, like, I'm going to watch her change clothes or anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, now that we're here, we're just going to watch the Earth. And he gives a beautiful description of, like, what it's like to, like, pass in lunar rotation. Mm-hmm. Talking about the mountains, the swampy cities. Mm-hmm. I love that imagery. And how you become a different person when you're living on the moon. Yeah. Yes. Their relationship yeah. Well, actually, I thought that was really interesting, actually. Anymore. Like, the first one, La Luna, was all about, they go to, he goes to the moon and becomes a man. The in uh, the distance of the moon, he goes to the moon and sort of loses himself. Mm-hmm. Like he loses well, a sense of himself, which yeah, I thought was, was an interesting. Kind one of, of the differences. I mean, both of both of these pieces had a nice mix of fantastical with practical, but in La Luna, it was more fantasy. In um, the distance of the moon, which I noticed about halfway through, not the distance from the moon, the distance of the moon. Um, it it was less fantastical and more mythological. Like after, if you've been on the moon for too long, after you leap back to Earth. The gravity of the moon is still kind of pulling you because you've adjusted to that gravity, mm-hmm. which on a you know, on a fantastical level or practical level is complete nonsense. But on a mythological level, it makes perfect sense. But sure. that's but I think again that has to do with that sense of melancholy and longing, the idea mm-hmm. that you're leaving something or you have to accept the loss of that you know of that love. And I think there and but you're always going to feel the tug. Right. You know, that's always, I am of there even right. though I'm nowhere near there. I left my heart in San Francisco. Whatever. I left my heart in the moon. I'll put flowers in your hair. You'll be fine. Hippie. So I picked these because uh, I about a month and a half ago, I was on a road trip to Illinois for a wedding. To the moon. Not to the moon. No, I'm sorry. Didn't get very There's far. not that much synchronicity Pointed the carpet on vertically, here. drove till I ran out of gas. <laughs> Did they have I could get there. I could get there. Did they have food at the wedding? They did. It was a Russian wedding. There oh. was plenty of food and there was vodka at the table. And as much spotted cow as you could drink. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was amazing. But anyway, I was driving to Illinois, and I was catching up on Radiolab episodes, and I was listening to this one, and I was like, oh, this seems like a direct sequel to La Luna. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of why I wanted to pick it, because Makes it seems sense. like maybe like the young boy in this is either... Let's say he's uh, the deaf cousin. I think he kind of fits with the deaf cousin a sure. little bit better, because just of the affinity he has for the moon. Maybe Could be Quifwick. I mean, he's seen... The deaf cousin didn't seem as aware of interpersonal relations as Bambino as did. did Bambino did. He picks up on his father and his grandfather. Well, to be, honest, I, to be honest, I don't think Quiffwick really gets interpersonal relationships that well either. Right. Uh, well, I guess he kind of got in what was going on between... In retrospect, he does. And there, there is that awareness. The when you're in love with somebody who's not in love with you, there's that awareness in the back of your brain, like, this isn't going to work, but you still find yourself trying Sure, he's at that level. I thought the I thought it was like a it was like a love it was like a love square, you know. The deaf cousin loved the moon. moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mrs. Vahid Vahid loved, loved him. The cousin. Quick, 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 quick. God, love Mrs. I like I liked how I couldn't get it at the beginning and of this episode, and now you can't get it. Even like, though you were telling me what they were, you completely swear the moon yeah. loves quick, quick. And yeah, but the moon is the moon is the fickle mistress who leaves, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think the only one who had the full, true understanding of that relationship was the deaf cousin, uh, right. the, the wife. Well, uh, he understands the moon. He's presumably not actually in love with it. He's not going off on his own to corn the his, moon, but. Cornhole the Moon. That's the band name. Cornhole the Moon? Well, that's my first album. All right. Um, That that was Ozzy's first choice before Bark at the came out. Um, But yeah, I think that was... I just... I really loved how sentimental both stories are. Mm -hmm. And, And... while one is like kind of an uplifter, the other one has a sentimentality that makes you kind of like look back. If, mm-hmm. if you're the nostalgic sort, 
uh, at like maybe the first crush you had because I mean you want to go on another half an hour I could wax tangential about you know walking home behind the girl I was crushing on from junior high school seeing her with her boyfriend thinking you know I bet you I'd be a better boyfriend or you know like one day I'd really like if she you know one day maybe we'll walk at the same pace together and talk about things well what do you like Mike I like Doctor Who and the Uncanny X-Men subscription is running out, but I really like classic X-Men because it's an exploration of the old stories. And she'll be like, where did she go? Yeah. She's married. You know, a double I thought of doing was a book I read recently, which was Eleanor and Park, which is about a young couple, like teenagers, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, that meet on a bus and they fall in love over like X-Men comics, just discussing X-Men comics. Nice. Mm-hmm. And she's just reading comics over his back while he's kind of, you know, trying to avoid like even talking to her or anything. And like, uh, should they get Watchmen at one point? It's set in the 80s. Oh, yeah. So like Watchmen. So issue hardcore, not out. just Wolverine yeah. messing with Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice. So maybe pairing that with like an X-Men comic would be fun. <laughs> If you guys want to read a 300-page book. Yeah, right. we'll do that in three weeks. Yeah. I, got plenty, I got plenty of time. Actually, it's a breezy read because it's a young adult novel. Why? I thought it's it was a dense kind of cool. read. Yeah, it's Wait, I'm thinking about Watchmen. I don't know what you're talking about. Watchmen. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Watchmen would be good with that. But, you know, I'll kind of think while. about, like, Moonrise Kingdom, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another one where I think they captured that kind of, like, really young romance and mm-hmm. how people, you know, like, well, it's really cute that they're trying to run away from home and live in a tent in this little quarry, you know? But should see Moonrise Kingdom. I haven't. Oh, it's really lovely. It it's very lovely. Uh, anyway, I. So, do we even say who did it better or what? I, mean, I don't. I don't really want to. I no. don't want to pin it on anybody. Like, I don't want to say they did it better. I like. They're both good for different reasons. <laughs> and um, something we didn't discuss is like you know, La Luna is all visual. This is uh, the distance of the moon is all audio. Mm-hmm. So I kind of liked mashing up different things for a double bill did that work at all did you yeah. feel it did it yeah i mean the Liv schreiber obviously is a great enough actor that he's able to put and the writing was phenomenal uh able to put images in your head without actually having to like draw photos mm-hmm. and i like we, we were watching it on my ps3 and i kind of have the weird the way, yeah. thing. And there various a, points where it was kind of like yeah, there two was, shapes on there that sort of looked like the moon and the earth. Yeah, there was one point, in, there were several points in that where it had like shapes falling down into an ocean, yep, yep. and then they'd stop and they'd hover in mm-hmm. in the middle. That and was kind of like, cool. As opposed yeah. to somebody like put it on YouTube with their own like slideshow, a picture of the moon, a picture of a fish. <laughs> It turned well, into a nickel. It was like Dark Side of the Moon and <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Oh, like no, that image, that. that image could have been anything, and we could have taken like some meaning from it. Sure, right. yeah, but that's what uh, I think that was still worked about. very well. Like how I liked how the three of us were able to kind of like walk away yeah. and you know have our own. I think that's the mark of a really good story that you each give your own impress- impression of it, especially one that's being told to you. I think I'd have to give it to the distance on the moon, of the moon, the, of the moon, the distance, Calvino, uh, because Italian. La Luna was lovely and like all good Pixar shorts tells a pretty dense story pretty efficiently, but. Um, Distance just had more complexity to it. Yeah, a lot more going on. That's why I feel like it seems like a, it seems like an adult version of La Luna. Really. Yeah, that's what I like about it. Certainly, it, it, it yeah, I could see that the retrospective adult looking back on childhood instead of you know the pure nostalgia of oh yeah, childhood was nice. I didn't have this mustache. And you know, I think that's about all I have to say about those two things. Brilliant, mm-hmm. Mikey. Choice. Mikey, you're going to do our next one. What is it? I am in my favorite time of year. Oh, crap. It is Halloween. 
And uh, uh, Josh, Jay Hump, and I used to like have little like movie like we'd watch. We'd sift through. I don't have any time for that now because I'm in fucking law well, school. I, fucking now law you school. know how I felt last year. I didn't have time for it because I was in a haunted house for a month right. straight. And I was and I'm and I'm mired in, in theater in the theater world right Which now. Which is really good. The haunted basement. If you have time to go see the haunted basement, yeah. if you're in the Twin Cities area, the haunted basement is quite fun. We will you, ruin your night. Or if you want something uh, that's also scary and interesting, uh, at the Southern Theater, Moot Performing Arts is putting up Kung Fu Zombies versus Cannibals running through October 27th. Uh, you visit mooperformingarts.org for tickets or call the Moot Box office. Uh, you get zombies and cannibals. You're going to let them get away with that plug? Kung yeah, Fu. because I'm, I was going to say that if you don't want to be terrified, you should go see Much Ado About Nothing running through October 26th at the Black Forest Inn Banquet Hall, which has a minimal amount of zombies. Uh, that said, um, I'm, I'm really excited because I want to... F- I want to check out a horror movie and do a double bill about a horror scary movie. Uh, although I think we're the choices that I'm going to make are going to be on the bridge of comedy horror. I would like to review Basket Case mm-hmm. and Bad Milo, the recently released Bad oh, Milo. Oh yeah, Bad Milo is good. I liked Bad Milo. It I has a lot of it has yet. a lot of I'm good comedy pedigree in it. Like Steven Root is in it. Yep. Uh, oh who, God, that's right. Uh, St- or what's his name? Um, Jillian Jacobs from Community is in it. Um, what's what's the guy? We go to Pancake House. Uh, the, Bill Murray. No, the Norwegian. Nor- the guy oh, who's in like uh, Stellar. Not Stellan Skarsgård. That's no. the uh, other guy. This is Hunger. That's keeping my brain from IMDbing, but that's fine. Um, he was he played Gunnar Grierson in Fargo. Patrick Warburton is in it too. Um, Ken Marino is in it, so it's got guys from the state. Which mm-hmm. I mean, I, it looks funny. Uh, a butt demon and uh, a conjoined demon twin. So I think we have an exciting double bill for Halloween. This is a step up because you had another suggestion. <laughs> I I wanted to you wanted to do Howard the Duck and Swamp Thing. Which I a, saved everyone which on was this a podcast. Good idea. No. Yes, because you <laughs> no. want to take two B title. You want to take two B title characters. See who does it better. Help and I think me. I am right. I think the Peanut Gallery agrees. Help I am right. Me. And I'm also going to say they can't all be like. Accordion playing, rose eating, weird French pieces, and and little like recitatives about moon cheese. Okay. Does Swamp Thing eat roses? No, Swamp Thing. Is, nor does he grow them out of his body. No, he does something with them. He poops roses, and then he checks out Adrian Barbo naked swimming. Don't we? Um, all? Yes, we do. But that's what I got on the docket. So, thank you. Basket case and bad Milo. Okay, I'm there with you. Double bill, double B's, badass. <laughs> Badass. No, let's go eat. Badass double Bs. Let's go eat. Everybody out there in podcast land, please share this podcast on Facebook and Twitter. If you like the music, it's by Anna Wegel, and you can listen to more of her work at AnnaWegel.com. Podcast land. Podcastville. Podcastenberg. Podcastville. That's my town in Animal Crossing. My animals don't like me because I don't talk to them anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm too busy doing podcasts. <laughs> and I'm being in law school. Oh, the irony is as thick as moon cheese. Double bill, double bill, comparing culture, it's double bill, putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill.